Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, the clock is working against me this morning, so um, I'm going to have to skip a few pages. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. Amen. How many of you still uh, believing and developing a restoration mentality? Amen. Open up in your Bibles to Joel chapter 2. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, literally, I skipped a few pages just to get right into it. I want to speak to you for a few moments on how to receive restoration. How to. We've talked about what restoration is. We've looked through the book of Joel. And I just encourage you, go back and listen to the messages. We have it on YouTube. We also have it on a podcast. Um, I'm amazed that uh, one of our former members who has moved to Virginia, Chi and Ellen, Chi, uh, how many of you remember Chi and Ellen and the family? Um, he still listens to my message. He doesn't even come to church here. I says, I got some church people that don't listen to my message, and you're listening to my message and your pastors? I said, God bless you. Uh, he sent me a picture this week, uh, at, well, last week after my message on Put It Back, and I don't think he'll mind because he uh, mind me telling you this because he's a, a jokester, but he sent me a picture of his bald head, and he said, uh, I want the devil to put it back. <laughs> and so uh, let's just agree with him, amen? <laughs> so praise the Lord, but take time to listen to the word. He testified, he shared with me, he said he gets, God bless him. All right, let's jump right in. How to receive restoration. How many of you need restoration in your life? I believe we all do. And I believe it's a wonderful, wonderful promise found in the word of God that God promised in Joel chapter 2, verses 25 to 27. I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten, the caterpillar, the crawling locusts, the... All the, the devastation of the effects of even our own mistakes in life. Aren't you glad that we serve such a good God that he not only blesses us when we're good, but he restores us when we make mistakes, when we suffer the consequences of our wrong choices or the wrong choices of other people that have affected us. God said, I'm going to restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. What does that mean? It means that God will make up for lost time. God will make up for lost ground. God will make up for lost dreams and lost visions. So the question is, how does he do it? Let me give you five points. You say, Pastor, this is supposed to uh, get done quick. Well, if you say amen, I know you're getting it so I can move on. Number one, how to receive restoration. Write it down. Write it down. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, God instructed the prophet. He says, write the vision and make it plain. Write it down. This past week, my wife shared with me, and I didn't know she was going to do this, but she just came with the Lord as she was praying and reading the scriptures, some, some goals, some, some uh, objectives for this year. You don't have to wait till January 1st uh, to write down some uh, visions and some dreams and some goals that you have. Amen? You could do it at any time. You could do it at any time. You see, most of us, I think we know what's been stolen what we lost, what we forfeited, maybe what we missed out on. But too often, that's all we focus on. 
We focus on the negative. We focus on what we lost. We focus on what's going on. And, 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 and instead of focusing on what God will do, I want to encourage you this week. Write down, identify those things, whether they're big or small. Write those things down that you want God to restore. You know, even if you consider it small and insignificant, it is not in the eyes of God. God is concerned about what you're concerned about. The Bible says, cast all your care upon the Lord, for he cares for you. Do you believe that this morning? Turn to the person next to you and say, God is concerned about what you're concerned about. Make a list of everything you would like to see restored. It could be relationships, it could be finances, it could be marriage, health, it could be joy, it could be your reputation, it could be uh, a promotion, a ministry opportunity. Whatever it is, write it down and believe God for it this week. We heard of a testimony from one of our youth, how they were given that challenge, one thing this year to see God work in, one thing that they're going to go after. Let's go after restoration with a passion. Let's declare, let's believe it, let's write it down. Acts chapter 3 verse 21 says, talking about restoration, it says, the restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets. God says, I will restore all things, let's believe him, amen? Number two, let's declare it, let's declare it. I want to show you a verse of scripture, and this just jumped right out at me and blew me away that there was even a verse of scripture that said this, in Isaiah chapter 42, Isaiah 42, I want to read this verse of scripture to you, and I believe it's powerful. Isaiah 42, verse 42. The word of God says, this is a people robbed and plundered. All of them are snared in holes or trapped in caves. And they are hidden in prison houses. They are for prey and no one delivers. They are for plunder and no one says, restore. Wow. God was perplexed, if you will. God was amazed, if you will, that no one said restore. I want to ask you this morning, have you said that in your life? Have you declared restore? Or have you said, put it back to the devil? It is time. We have to believe it. We have to declare it. In 2023, we have to declare restoration. God, restore what you promised to restore. Psalm 119, verse 126, the psalmist said, it is time for you to act, O Lord. It is time for you to act. You know, there are some things that God has done in our lives. I know God has done in some things in my life that I know, that I know, that I know it was by his grace and his mercy he has done some things that are undeniable. And you also have that testimony. But you see, we face a spiritual enemy. We face a devil that is in his attack against us to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says there will be weapons that are formed against us. But I'm glad it doesn't say they're going to prosper. It says they will be formed, but they won't prosper. God wants you and I to declare, restore, restore. 
It is time to declare it. It is time to believe God in his word. I want you to agree with the word of God this morning for restoration in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Agree with the word of God and declare it. Even when there's nothing within you that feels it, you know, we don't go by feelings. We go by faith. We go by the word of God. It is so easy to go by our emotions. And many Christians don't ever distinguish that. You know, we have, the Bible says we had to walk by faith and not by sight. But how many of us are so moved by what we see, by what we feel, by what we experience? Emotions are good when they're healthy. Amen? Emotions are good when they're healthy, but, but they are not to be the indication of our life or they are not to lead our life. I remember uh, James Dobson telling this story about the fickleness of emotions. He talked about uh, this, this high school somewhere in the Midwest and, and you know, some, some states football, high school football is a big thing. This high school, uh, this team, uh, they, they didn't have a great team. But there was a millionaire that uh, lived in, in this, uh, graduated from this high school, lived in this area, and he told this high school team, this football team, if you win against your, your state competitor, I'm going to give every one of you a brand new car. So the whole school, I mean, they were excited. Emotions were high. They, were, they had the school rally. I mean, they were pumped. Everybody was excited. I mean, this went on for a couple of weeks, and I mean, they were flying high. They were so excited. Came to game time. They were pumped. They were excited. Their emotions were, were sky high. They got trounced 53 to 0. Oh, you're feeling bad. Don't, don't, don't confuse my, uh, my illustration here. The point is, you can't go by your emotions. You see, just because they were excited, it doesn't replace the practice. It doesn't replace the hard work. It doesn't replace all that you have to do to get to win the game. And the same thing spiritually. Sometimes we can come to church, be all excited, and we leave here, and then life hits us. Reality hits us. Our emotions hit us. And, and, and what we believed in the church or what we believed at an altar, the devil can rob from us because of our negative emotions and our circumstances. But you and I are the people of God and we're going to exercise our faith and not our feelings. We're going to go according to the word of God and we're going to declare restore. We're going to declare restoration in those areas of our life, and God will do it. We're talking about speaking life. How many of you know the power of life and death is in the tongue? Come on, we know that from the Bible, but do we really believe that? We talk about the power of the tongue, but do you really believe it? Well, I want to show you how powerful the tongue is now. I don't necessarily advise this, but imagine if some of you went home and you said to your spouse, you're looking a little old. I see gray hairs and wrinkles. How many of you know it's going to get a whole lot colder than the frost that you had last week? The whole atmosphere is going to change. Why? Because of the power. There's power in the word. There's power of life and there's power. I don't advise you to do that. What you speak is powerful. 
I remember hearing a proverb, it's not in the Bible, but it's a, a, an ancient proverb that the words that we speak fall to the ground and weave a garment that we wear. I want to ask you, what are you wearing this morning? Are you wearing a garment that declares, I believe God's going to restore I believe God's going to make a way. I believe God's going to prosper me. I believe God's going to bless me. Or are you wearing one that speaks of negativity? Amen. I want to wear a garment of restoration this morning. Amen. See, God says, I will restore. Quit focusing on the ruin and look to the God of restoration. Amen. It might not happen in a week. It might not happen even in a series of sermons. But it will happen. It will turn around in Jesus' name. Number three, how do you receive restoration? Reposition for it. Reposition for it. Proverbs 12.1 says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. Now, I didn't say that. Don't look at me like that. The Bible said it. And I, and I, I believe that's New King James. That's not some new paraphrase. Let me say it again. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. We have a lot of stupid people in this generation. I'm only saying what the Bible's saying. Don't look at me like that. You see, if we're going to receive restoration, we need to reposition ourselves. Because someone once says, nothing changes if nothing changes. Hello? You can't do the same old, same old, same old and expect different results. We're talking about correction at this point. Correction is not always pleasant. But when you are corrected, it sets you in a position to receive restoration. If you or I don't want to hear anything about ourselves making an adjustment, the Bible says we're lacking in wisdom. If you never receive instruction, if you, if you want to receive restoration, you've got to receive instruction or, or reposition yourself. Isn't that what Joel said? Joel said, return to me with all your heart. It says, turn, make an adjustment, reposition yourself. I read of a person that God told this person that he was going to restore their marriage, their finances, and their life's dreams but they needed to forget about everything that was going on around them and work on themselves. Work on you, in other words. Don't try to fix everybody else, but fix you. Work on you. When you work on yourself, or allow the Holy Spirit to work on you, you're repositioning yourself for restoration. We have to get over a victim mentality. You've got to get over that. If you're always the victim, you'll never be the victor. A victim refuses to take responsibility. A victim specializes in the blame game. But to become a, a victor, you need to receive correction and sometimes even seek it out. My, 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 my. Imagine, it's so hard to try to correct people, but imagine someone so humble, so willing to reposition themselves that they're willing to seek out correction. Turn to the person next to you and say, that's not normal. But we don't want to be normal according to this world's standard. We want to be normal according to the word of God. And because the world is so 
off center and so far out, we have to get repositioned according to the word of God. You cannot look to the housewives of Beverly Hills or wherever for how you should be treating your husband. Oh, come on, somebody say amen. You shouldn't be watching The Bachelor or The Bachelorette to find out how you should pursue someone of the opposite sex for a relationship. How many of you are going to say amen to that? You can't watch TV and expect to hear the gospel or the, the right news or the good news. You've got to look into the Word of God. And if culture doesn't line up with it, we don't bend the Word of God to culture, but we stay true to the Word of God even when no one else wants to believe it because God said it. We submit to God. We submit to God and we're able to resist the devil. I don't know, is that a, is that a worship song coming on? Or is that some, give me that phone. I'm going to get them to come to church this morning. If they were in church, they wouldn't be calling you. Amen. Submit to God and resist the devil. I just love this. You know the Bible says submit to God. That means that you lay your life before the Lord and there are no, there are no secret places in your life. There's no, uh, no closed doors to God. Everything's open. You see, God sees it all anyway. The Bible says all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we must give an account. So let God see it all. Open it up. Let God's blood, let the blood of Jesus cover it. Let God heal you. Let God restore you so you can move forward. So when you submit to God, you're not hiding anything. The Bible says submit to God and then resist the devil. Now this is so powerful because there's many Christians who are running from the devil. But the Bible says you resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Resist the devil. That means and you've got to resist the devil in your thoughts. You've got to resist the devil in what you say or don't say. You've got to resist the devil in your actions. Resist him. That means there's a struggle going on. That means this ain't a cake and a walk in the park. This means there's a battle going on. And when you get a word, when you give a testimony, there will be a test to your testimony. When you, get a, when you get a revelation, when you get a word from God and you get excited about it, there will be a test to that word. But we have to resist the devil. Some of you are not resisting. You're giving in. You can't, it's, it's, there's no middle ground with this thing. Amen. You give in. And, and yes, you know, there is pleasure in, in, in letting your flesh take control, but it's for a short season. And the Bible says afterwards there's the consequences. And, and, and it's sometimes, you know, isn't it good to just tell somebody off? Don't you feel good? Don't look so holy right now. Don't look so holy because you know exactly what I'm talking about. In our flesh, it feels good. But you know what? We're not to live according to our flesh. But when you have your spirit under control, when you're submitted to God, you resist the devil. Come on, let's resist him this morning. Amen? It's that resisting. Come on, with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, it, and it's God's power. It's not us doing it. All right, so I want you right now, I want you not to think of a pink elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. What are you thinking about right now? <laughs> 
right? It's, it's not you and I trying to resist by, by mental power, not thinking of something. I'm not going to think of that lust. I'm not going to think of that, that temptation. I'm not going to think of that addiction. I'm not going to think. No, 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 no. It's the Holy Spirit's power. It's God at work in us giving us that power to renew our minds so that we're not thinking of those things. We're thinking upon whatsoever is true, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is good report, praiseworthy of any virtue. Those things we think upon in the peace of God guards and keeps our hearts and our minds. And I'm moving on. Number four. Number four. How do we receive restoration? We sow into it. Sow into the area of your need. Why? Because whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. So if you sow into the area of your need, you will reap the same. It's a principle, amen? It's a fixed, it's a fixed law. Restoration of relationships, sow kindness into another relationship. Restoration of family, pray for someone else's family. If you need restoration in your family members, you know of somebody else that's hurting, speak life, speak encouragement, pray for them. You need a restoration of your finances, sow a financial seed. For whatever you sow, you will reap. We did this years ago. We needed a new roof in our building. The roof, we had estimates between $80,000 and $120,000 for a new roof on this building. We did not have that access money. We had some money, but not enough, not even nearly enough to put on a new roof. Then we had a pastor from Africa who needed a new roof, so we took $3,000 to help them put a roof on their building. We needed the money, but we sowed into the need. We, we realized that our need dictated that we sow a seed. What happened? God miraculously prepared or supplied for us through the faithfulness of God's people. He provided and we put a new roof on the building. Come on, somebody say amen. Lastly, and I'm done. Lastly, and I'm done. Restoration, how do you receive it? Number five, express gratitude for it. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God help us to be, as the people of God, the most grateful people on the planet. I must confess, I'm not always the most grateful. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Neither are you. In everything, in everything give thanks. How can you give thanks in everything? Because we know that God is working behind the scenes even when we don't see it. God takes a negative and he makes a positive. That's what he did at the cross. It was a negative and he made it a positive. He made it a positive. When he hung, bled, and died on Calvary, taking a sin-sick world and bringing restoration to humanity, bringing forgiveness, bringing hope, bringing encouragement. That's why we're here today. I'm not here because I'm so good. I'm here because he's so good. I'm here because he's so great. Because the blood he shed and the spirit he sent has changed my life, has changed your life. Can you say amen? amen. Gratitude is faith in action in your prayers. I said gratitude is faith in action in your prayers. When you're praying and you're thanking God, what you're doing is you are exercising your faith and you're thanking God ahead of time. 
How many of you have ever asked somebody to do you a favor and you said thank you before they did it? Why? Because you know the character of that person that they will do it and you're already thanking them in advance because you know they're a person of their word and they'll do it. Do you ever need somebody to take you to an airport or to pick you up at a certain time? You just know that person that you're asking is going to be there and you say thank you. Then there are some other people you ask and your thank you is very tentative. <laughs> you're really thanking them by faith. But when we thank God by faith, we are thanking a God who's credible. We are thanking a God who's faithful. We are thanking a God who is true to his word. Can you say amen? Would you stand together with me? I hope you got those points quickly. I hope you wrote them down. Listen to them again. There are, there are sound principles. They are true. They are faithful. And they will work when you apply them. Amen? amen. It's in Hebrews chapter, I think it's in chapter 4 or 3. It says... They heard the gospel, talking about the people of God coming out of Egypt. They heard the good news, but they did not mix it with faith. So it did not profit them. Anytime we hear the word of God, no matter how simple it might be, how basic it might be, if we don't mix it with faith, it's not enough just to hear. You've got to mix it with faith. When you do, it works. Come on, the word of God works. The principles of God work. When you do it, it works. If you really believe it, you will do it. Amen? Let's lift our hands together today as we close in prayer. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for each and every one believing to receive restoration in their life. God, I believe you've begun to work in their life. God, I just pray right now that the power of your spirit that the, the power of the word of God would just so speak to their hearts to bring encouragement to them that they would move forward with that mentality of restoration. God, we know the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but you have come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. God, I pray that spirit, that mentality of abundance, Lord, of restoration would be our portion. We reject the lies of the enemy today. We reject every scheme and every strategy that would try to uh, uh, rob us of our hope and our encouragement. We reject and we resist the devil. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this church. I pray with the pastors and the elders and the leaders and every member. God, I just pray today that Victory Church would experience a great restoration in 2023, both corporately and individually, God. May your word be blessed to our hearts. May you quicken faith in each and every one of us, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you.